This episode of Rural Gray is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T.L. Gray, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Daniel Prue, and his egg. Uh, tell me, doctor, are, are you ready to launch on time? Uh, I hope you don't think, Darren, that this title is in any way honorary. Uh, I'll have you know I have been certified a grade A wonderkind. Uh, so I've worked very, di- very hard for all the accomplishments I have, and sometimes... You know, things happen, but I'm not going to be known as Dr. Daniel Prue and his egg. I resent that. All of my accomplishments are important, and, uh, you know, just you should remember that. It's okay. I'm, I'm sorry, Doctor. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mean to offend you. Just, just why don't you just go back to your quarters, play a game of baseball in your head. Just, just relax. You know, take a breather. All right. And I'm also joined by Ambassador Philip Gilfus who has joined us for negotiations with the Lagarins, the Sheliak, and Tin Man. Uh, man, that's very impressive, Philip. Like, how, how can you pull that off? Um, well, you know, I used to have a chorus that used to help me, but um, we had some union uh, negotiations. And anyway, it's, it's not the point. But anyway, luckily, I have my third or fourth, Third, third wife, fifth wife. Uh, anyway, I have my old lady with me, um, and I think we're, we're going to have some good negotiations. Um, and uh, you know, I, it may even bring a tear to your eye by the end of it. Uh, okay, well, I, I recall only one tear, but uh, but yes. Well, today, Earl Grey, we're going to be covering season three of the Next Generation. There, okay, guys. I know you've been excited to get to this one. I know we've we've talked a lot about season three in our other episodes. It's a really good season. Like it, it's it, you might be even call it the best season. It's it's hard to say because there there's almost nothing bad about this entire season. Twenty six great episodes of Star Trek. Uh, initial thoughts just on you know this. Let's go with highlights, uh, Daniel. Yeah. Uh... I'm sorry, but I challenge anyone to come up with a better season of Star Trek. I don't think it's possible. Of course, this is entirely subjective, but I love this season. There are there are so many good episodes. Okay, we're going to talk specifically about highlights. I don't even know where to start. Okay, uh, we're going to start with... Okay, I guess the most popular... I don't, you can even say that about this season. That's how good this season is. But probably the most well-known episode would be the best of both worlds, right? Uh, which changed television forever. No big deal. Not a, not a thing. It's just it just <laughs> happened. Uh, you know, but, but you have, you have the best of both worlds in the same season with episodes like Sarek, uh, deeply emotional, incredible Star Trek lore, amazing episode uh, with things like yesterday's Enterprise, which again filled with Star Trek lore and and just it, oh my goodness, I, I don't I, I'm getting excited talking about just the highlights of this of this season. Um, what else do we have? Uh, there are so many good episodes. The Most Toys, which I actually think is a fantastic episode. It's also one of my favorite. Uh, Who Watches the Watchers? 
Anybody familiar with Earl Grey knows we all love that episode. Um, the Survivors, which I also think is... Anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm already monopolizing the time. <laughs> love this season. I'm so excited to talk about it. Okay, uh, here, before before Daniel busts a blood vessel in his forehead, I, I think I think a, a better format for this is let's just go down the list and just revel in in the gloriousness because literally, like, in our past seasons, we've done highlights, you've done lowlights, but I can't think of any lowlights. I just want to talk about every episode in this freaking season. It's so amazing. So, Philip, I'll let you start. Episode one, season three, evolution, Stubbs and his egg, Wonderkin. What's not to love? Yeah, which I'll admit, um, when, I, when I'm looking at this whole list, I'm like, oh, it starts in evolution? Okay. I mean, evolution is not bad by any means, but it, I think it starts off slow. Like, we don't, bam, hit you with season three. It kind of gives, you know, because it's, it's actually a transition episode, which makes sense. It's, you know, it's a season three premiere. And I know a lot of people say, like, oh, TNG, it's just episodic, which you know, is true, but this is a transition because we've gone from season two Pulaski and guess what crusher's right. back dr crusher's back you have to establish right and that. that's what this season this opener's about beverly's back she's reunited with her son what has she missed um and that's kind of what this episode i mean it's a little it's more about like wesley i know but but it is about beverly as a mother going hey what did i miss what's my son doing um should i be a mother Oh, that, that's me asking that. That's not her. Um, but should I be a better mother? Wait, Philip, you're asking if you should be a mother. Um, well, you know, we had the non-gender uh, discussion last week, so I, you know, let's don't don't throw your biases on me, Daniel. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 to me, it's not like a great episode, but it, it, it's a good episode. Um, and I know, I, I know, actually, I think Daniel likes this episode a lot more because it, it deals with stubs and science and stuff. Oh, right, Daniel, evolution. Oh, it's a good episode. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it's it's uh, the best episode ever, but uh, it's certainly the strongest uh, up to that point. It's the strongest premiere we get in TNG. I mean, obviously, following Farpoint and uh, Child, the Child. Um, so, and it's you know, Farpoint had a, had so much on its shoulders. It was just kind of burdened down by what it had. I mean, it's a pilot. It's exactly, I mean, it's yeah. it, it's a whole class in itself. Yeah. And then the child was, um, you know, I guess you could say not great. Um, <laughs> I think but, we should have a pregnant pause about that one. <laughs> but evolution, evolution's a good, solid episode of Star Trek. You know, it's not offensive in any way. It's 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 got some interesting science, like Philip mentioned. And, uh, you know, and we get to see um, a great uh, we have a great guest actor here on the show as well. And and just an interesting like uh, we talked about this, I think, a couple episodes ago. Uh, and you mentioned it specifically, Darren. I remember, the, you know, going from the nanites to the big scale. Like, but this is it. This is the episode that deals with uh, the fact that apparently and we get, of course, God, Wesley Crusher, who can create an entire race. So. <laughs> Well, and thinking about it, this is the last time a season's opened that's not the second half of a two-parter. Because after after this season, they're all like, you know, da-da-da-da, <laughs> and now the conclusion. So, you know, yeah, but a very strong uh, beginning to the to the season. And you're like you said, great guest actor. The visuals in this episode are oh, beautiful, yeah. from the, the dying red giant to the nanites to, you know data acting more robotic than normal. Uh, but there's just so many great things about this episode. It's a great, 
way to start. We also, uh, I'm sorry, uh, something we kind of for, probably forget about because we're just tr- focusing on all of season three and not thinking about the beginning of it. But as Philip mentioned, like this is the first time we get our uniforms. Oh, that's true. Colors. This is the first oh, time, yes. You know, this is the first time we get the look finally. The card maneuver down. is here. Yeah, like this is the. This is. This, when, uh, Jordy is a lieutenant commander. Yeah, well, exactly. This is when everything, this is when the TNG that everybody thinks of when they think of TNG is actually firmly established, you know, and it's, it's easy to forget that. But coming, if you, if we were to watch, you know, season two and then just jump right into this, it'd be like, whoa, it is kind of a big transition. Well, as you know, Phillips, you know, petition for it's, it definitely, I mean, we definitely don't recommend not watching season one and two and just starting here. I mean, I know some people do, but you're going to miss out on a lot of great stuff. Uh, but but you're right. This is really where this is the this is the seven. You know they're all together. This is the family, and it it really it really goes well. Okay, moving on to Ensigns of Command, the Sheliak, and it's a data episode. This is actually one of my my favorites. Um, even though it's kind of a low key um, episode in some ways. Um, because you have, but I mean, you have data being a BA at the end of this thing. Just like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Look, I just blew up your entire water system. Guess you gotta leave now, chumps. Um, like grandfather created. <laughs> like, well, grandfather's dead. Easy, easy come, easy go, kid. Um, <laughs> but then you have Picard and the Shelliac. And I mean, that is, I mean, that's like up there with like Picard and Loxwana Shakespeare on the bridge. Yeah. Picard with the Shelliac on them. the bridge poning them and like you know it's just i i was listening to our Riker, our older Riker episode and i mentioned how when Riker just gets that smile on his face when he's enjoying and that's when picard's like polishing the dedication plaque and Riker's like uh, sir um oh he's like did you enjoy that he's yeah. like you damn right i did <laughs> oh yeah no it's i mean the only tricky part is I often have to remind myself exactly which data on the planet trying to convince the colonists of something <laughs> episodes this is because it does seem to happen a lot, uh, whether it's the one where he lost his memory and there's the radioactive material or he's trying to evacuate them. Like He seems to get these gigs a lot, uh, but no, it's a, it's a great. Any small points on that one, Daniel? Uh, no, it's a, it's a solid episode overall. I don't have much else to say to that. I mean wh- – I, I do also like how the Shaliak are a very alienish yeah. race, though. I mean, it, it's like it, that's unique in Trek because usually it's the forehead of the month club, but you know these guys are are they're very different, and that makes them a new challenge for Picard. Well, I'm, and su- it, I'm surprised they didn't ask them, "Hey, did you guys ever shed a skin of evil? Because you look a lot like <laughs> <laughs> they do look a lot like skin of evil. And it is, it is, uh, you know, just to Philip's point, it is a very like a very good Picard establishing episode where like he he thinks of things differently and he he handles things differently, you know, than what what we might have been used to in Star Trek at that point. So, right, Kirk would have handled that situation very differently, but. Picard, it really plays to his strengths. <laughs> Moving on to episode three, The Survivors. Uh, good tea, nice house. That's the, uh, I mean, or otherwise known as the planet where there's one, where the Google Maps is basically just a tiny <laughs> screen square and everything else is just gone. Wait, do you guys um, hear music? Is that just, is that just me? Yeah, it's just you. You're going to go insane. I'm sorry, <laughs> Philip. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> Your latent empathic powers are coming out. But uh, no, it's the one where 
you know, basically. Now, th- we've seen this actor before in other places, haven't we? He seems so familiar. But maybe it's just because I've seen ep- season three so many times. But Well, to me, uh, this is a very TOS episode. Like, you could, you could imagine mm. this being a TOS episode. Um, oh, for sure. Because, I mean, usually in TOS is when we got all the godlike beings, which, you know, spoiler alert, that's what the alien ends up being at the end. Kevin. Um, but yeah, yeah, the great Kevin with the greatest name, <laughs> the greatest god, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> there are some who call me Kevin. Um, so, so to me, it's, it's not like a great episode. I would, say, I mean, uh, it's not. No, I mean, it's not a bad episode at all. But it's probably would be the top bottom five for this season. Um, it's kind of slow because um, I don't think there's not a B story in there, is it? Other than Troy going crazy. So yeah, try, try I guess that crazy, is the yeah. beast. I think it's one of those yeah. things. Once you've seen the episode once, you're like, oh, okay, you know. Once you, it's one of those ones, once you the reveal is gone. But it's, it's still a good one though. But it's it's not the greatest. And you get Riker in the foot trap where he's you know that you know <laughs> Chewbacca 24th century technology. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't touch it. <laughs> what 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 do you think? Oh, Daniel? I love this. This is one of my favorite episodes oh, wow. uh, as opposed to Philip. Uh, I love this episode so much. I mean, I I definitely get the TOS vibe. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's a very dark TNG episode, especially at the end of it, when, you know, basically this guy commits the most extreme form of genocide that anybody in the universe could ever do, erases an entire species from existence. And and it's really heavy. It's very interesting. It's it's not happy. It's not a good ending at all. Um, it goes into a very dark place. But uh, I thought the, the motivations and the characters were very interesting. And of course we get a whole bunch of fun stuff with war from the planets. And uh, I love this episode. I think this is a fantastic star Trek, the next generation episode. Yeah. Not since the anoraks, you know, have we seen, you know, someone wipe out an entire timeline or species, but the mighty Kevin, <laughs> he, he can do it. All hell Kevin. <laughs> All hell Kevin. Uh, but yeah, but it's got the great one liners, you know, and it's a mystery. I mean, uh, it's, that's that's a that's a fun fun take. Okay, Daniel, take us into who watches the watchers. I'll be over here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so th- I'm gonna go get a drink. I'll be back in about uh, 20 minutes. You go read a uh, ship of the line, Darren. <laughs> if, Twice. So if anybody wanted to listen to our our deep in depth thoughts on who watches the watchers, you could listen to our the ready room appearance where we talk about who watches the watchers. You could also listen to the or, or, to, to the Orgray episode where we talk about who watches the watchers. You could listen to anything, and we're just going to talk about who watches the watchers because um, I love who watches the watchers. It is the single handed best episode, best for, uh, prime directive episode in Star Trek. I think um, it's a thousand times better than the. Uh, stepchild, the ugly redheaded stepchild that it spawned, hey. which would be <laughs> uh, insurrection. It is, um, <laughs> it is just so good. I love this. I love every part of this episode. Um, it's and it's not even my favorite episode of the season, but it, it's definitely in my top three. It's I, I don't know what you could say bad about this episode. No, the the Picard chose wisely when he uh, gave us this. A lot episode. of gods in this season. <laughs> yeah, there are. There are. <laughs> And they got weird names. The Picard, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> the Egg. <laughs> but no, we've, we, well, we've, we've said a lot about uh, the Egg. About, um, yeah, the Nanites are all like, all hail the Great Egg. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's uh, any, anything to add, Philip? 
Yeah, I know. We, I mean, we, we've certainly talked about this episode on this podcast. I know, and talk about guest stars. We, this is definitely. I mean, the guy who plays. Oh, I don't even know that actor's name, but he's been a bunch and bunch and bunch of stuff. I mean, throughout the decades of TV. Um, so I can't remember his name, but I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, great actor there. He was in. Um, oh, Lordy, I can't remember. Twin Peaks. That's where. I, um, but yeah, oh, wait, okay. what's that? Yeah. Yeah, before your time. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, no, no. It, I mean, it is a good episode. Definitely a, a good prime directive, which we which we talked about in that prime directive episode we did. But yeah, no, it's definitely definitely a good one. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's no justice. But <laughs> oh, stop it, Philip! <laughs> We're gonna get heated. <laughs> now, this next one, Philip, this was your choice in the Great Seven Seven Challenge, the bonding. So, give us a recap on that. Sure, which I, it's it's a very you know, and there's a lot of heavy stuff. Um, I mean, there are some comedic episodes later in the season, but this is sort of I think that there is a lot of heavy stuff, like Daniel said with um, the survivors. This is another heavy episode. I mean, there's no. There's no light tones in the bonding. Um, I mean, because to me, it really deals with the reality of life on board the Enterprise D that you start with uh, uh, Marla Esther uh, being killed on an away mission, you know, just some random away mission. Um, And then you have her son being an orphan because the father's already died. And like, okay, you know, and I've talked about it before. So the summary basically is what do you do with a child? Um, Because we have children on board the ship, we have families, but what's the reality is. Starfleet is dangerous. It's not just an adventure. People die. And what do we do with these, these children that we bring aboard with us, that we have children as Starfleet officers? And so it just deals with that and war and, and, and the layers upon layers because then it's like this child has to deal with being an orphan. Well, war's an orphan. Um, and then he was in command of this woman who died. And then you have the Picard Wesley, you know, died under. You just have so many layers here. And then, of course, with the alien pretending to be the mom and, and the as a child dealing with loss. And I mean, you know, the, the happy ending is still not very happy because uh, congratulations. She's really dead. You're an orphan. Um, but but nevertheless, there is there is closure there. I do love the Picard Troy moment where Picard questions, you know, should we bring children? I mean, this is what happens. And Troy's like, well, you know, we'd still be on Earth if this could happen. So very serious, very heavy episode, but I like it because I love that it deals with the reality. Picard's uh, I told you show moment. (laughs) (laughs) But all right. Uh, Anything to add, Daniel? No, no, that's that's all good. All right. So next we get a great episode, the first appearance of Dr. Leia Brahms' booby trap, where the, was it, what was that species? The uh, Corvalian, Promethean. Promelian. Something like that. Yeah. He's like, it's battle cruiser, and Picard gets all awestruck. Uh, this is the famous episode that generated the great outtake about ships and bottles <laughs> and little boys. Uh, if if you haven't seen the b- behind the scenes on the season three Blu-ray, uh, definitely check it out. But uh, but no, this is an awesome episode. Again, a mystery, you know, and Jordy's using the holodeck. I mean, th- they definitely start using the holodeck in a lot of cool ways in this seer in this season. You know, from I mean, I totally would do this. I would totally say like, oh, I'm gonna set up this awesome lab or environment to work out a problem you know, in the holodeck. I mean, it makes total sense. Uh, but yeah, you get, you definitely get that, uh, almost season one music playing behind Leia Brahms as he, he gets introduced. Uh, and the computer is pretty dang impressive. You just add a couple subroutines and bam, full on interactive hol- hologram. But, 
I digress. Uh, Daniel, what are your thoughts on uh, Booby Trap? Not, not only a, a full-on hologram, but with a 94% personality likelihood or whatever. I, I can live with that. <laughs> I, I liked it too, and I like, um, I like the fact that it makes sense to me that it would be more efficient to create a human character to to interact with the with the uh, with the computer, which is essentially what he's doing. So Jordy's kind of falling in love with the ship, which is strange. Also, it's like a it's just a user interface, yeah, basically. Exactly. It's, instead of a, scrolling through all the text documents and blueprints, you know. it's it's a it's a good episode. It's a tense episode. It's like what's going to happen next. We get a lot of we get uh, Picard being Picard about archaeology and anthropology and learning about history, and he's very interested in all of that and. And we also get this good mystery, and then Jordy saves the day at the end. It's very TNG. It's a very good episode. I- uh, actually, Picard saved the day at the end. He was pretty much BA pilot. He's like, get out of that chair, Ensign. <laughs> but I'm going to fly my own dang ship. But what we learned later, it probably would have made more sense to put Riker in the chair, but I guess we didn't know that at the time. So, <laughs> Yeah, and this isn't true. like the first time, which I, I think this is the first time, but it's not the first time in the series that Picard does that. Because I think one time he like takes a shuttle... Um, to lead the, the the Enterprise one time, and but I, I do like he's a hands-on guy, which I, I guess I mean this may just be headcanon, but I'll just assume he was a con officer uh, when he first started out. So maybe he's like uh, I have to think he's he had to have been in sciences. I feel like he must have been. Oh, but he could have had a passion for piloting. No, or only maybe all captains need to be able to pilot their ship in an emergency. You know, go down with the ship. You got to be able to fly. Daniel, it. we've already established he's only a blue shirt in the darkest timeline. <laughs> in the darkest. <laughs> Although I do love, and I think we all appreciate this, when he's talking to Leia Brahms in the holodeck, we get to see awesome shots of the Enterprise being built uh, you know, at Utopia Planitia, and. How great is that? Like, we never get to see that. You can That's even amazing. see Cisco walking in the back. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Too soon. Yeah. Too soon. But no, yeah, that, that matte painting was awesome. was a great addition. Uh, that, and that set was, was really cool. Um, all right, next on our list, we have The Enemy. I just wow. watched this the other day. Uh, so this is the first appearance of Andreas uh, Katsulas. Jakar. Famous battle uh, battle. Babylon 5 uh, actor, Citizen Jakar, which uh, one of my favorite sci-fi characters in existence. But, uh, but yeah, so you have this great episode where, you know, Jordy and this Romulan are like neck and neck and they got to trust each other. And dude, you know, Jordy gets all MacGyver on everything. He's all melting things and making like his own rock climbing equipment. I mean, he's, everyone is just pretty BA in this whole seat. And he's doing it with so one far. hand tied behind his back. Oh, no, wait, I mean, he's doing it blind. So uh, that's that's pretty impressive. It just means his laser eyes are going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but you know what? The, not only that, of course. That's what, every time I think of the enemy, that's what I think of. Like, oh my goodness, Jordy on the planet with the Romulan. But you, we cannot forget about Worf no. and his story on the Enterprise is so good, and like. Like, oh my goodness, like, he refuses to give that Romulan the blood. I mean, he dies. That, like, he's crazy. a He's a true Klingon in this episode. <laughs> I mean, because some people w- w- might say that, like, oh, TNG's always fluffy unicorns, rainbows. But, dude, Worf, you either have to give up, you know, a blood transfusion or let him die. 
die. And that's it. And the guy dies. (laughs) That's the story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I love Picard for his judgment, too, because he's like, I don't want to order you to do this. I want you to volunteer. But he he doesn't order him. Yeah. Yes. And he very well could have. And Worf's even like, if you order me to do this, I will do this. And he's like... I'm not going to order you to do this, but you're going to have to live with this. And he's like, I could live with that. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so good. So good. Oh. All right. So next we have the price. Uh, mm. Some say one of the weaker episodes uh, where you basically have McDreamy eyes, oh. you know, getting all in love with Troy and using his secret empathic powers uh, to negotiate against Riker and the wormhole. Uh, It's, you know, it's a fun episode. Uh, Like I've mentioned many times before, I love the thread this lays that Voyager picks up, you know, later on. Uh, But, you know, it's, it's fun, you know, but yeah, definitely not, not in the top ten, but uh, but a good episode. Yeah, I mean it is a Ferengi episode. Let's let's be clear. Um, I mean, let's <laughs> throw it out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, which I will say this because I think I've talked before about Troy and Riker both have horrible taste in in significant others um, to possibly include themselves. I don't know. Um, but anyway, but you know, so Troy has her jerky McJerkison who she's dating. Um, but but I'll but I will say this: this does reveal a lot about Triker. Because, you know, this swarthy guy is like, oh, you and Troy used to be go out. Well, she's with me now. And Riker's like, well, I think you just never played your hand. As long as she's happy, I don't I don't care. You know, that's fine. So, uh, you know, and, and so I think you do see Riker being tested, I mean, in a good way, by this stupid character. Because, um, you know, you get to see bluffing and poker and women and, you know, it's all Riker's fortes. But Riker comes out looking pretty cool. You know, he's like, yeah, you know, I, it's fine with me if you want to be like that, you know, so. And you know, I do like that they pick this up. I do. I'm. I'm so glad that they remembered this in Voyager. Um, I hope that at some point we could talk uh, with uh, to the journey about this. To the journey. To the journey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, even though even if that's not like the best episode of Voyager ever, I'm glad that they at least addressed it because it makes sense. Like they specifically stayed in this episode. Oh my goodness, we went to the Delta, the Delta Quadrant, and uh, again, not to, I'm not to insult, <laughs> not to insult anybody here, but Jordy uh, and Data were in the Delta Quadrant, you know, for about ten minutes before they found their way back in a shuttlecraft. But I'm not, uh, you know, I digress. I'm not saying anything about it. And we did wormholes uh, I, first, Deep Space Nine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm just teasing. Uh, yeah, not my. It's probably one of my least favorite episodes of the season, but it's definitely watchable. It's it's still entertaining, and I like, you know, I like the one-upmanship that that Riker has at the end. I think it's good. Well, yeah, definitely. So the price, it's uh, it's worth the price of admission for sure. But uh, next up, we have the vengeance factor. Um, yeah, this is probably the low point for me. The nomadic blood feud. I don't know. I I barely remember this episode. Wait, Darren, what clan are you in? Uh the the Moser, the Ross clan. Oh. There you go. Team Jacob? I don't. <laughs> team, no, no, it's absolutely not. What well, actually, I'm I think I have a blood vendetta against Team Jacob. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone has a blood vendetta <laughs> against those those two teams. But uh, any specific points to this episode, oh. or 
You know, Riker just falls in love with the randomest people. Um, and then does. and then phases them into nothingness. So it's okay. Yeah. That was mildly disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> it was no conspiracy ending, but it's still, it's like, for some reason, phaser five doesn't work. Okay, let me just chop it up to ten here. Oh, there she goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll hit that again with the most toys coming up. But yeah, there's there's definitely gruesome ways to die by concentrated energy there's blast, a million ways but... to die in the old space all right wait never mind. <laughs> so okay well next number 10 we get a great episode the romulans are back we have the defector now, which i watched again just uh just today but and the uh, best part about this is again everything? hashtag continuity this comes directly from the enemy yeah they reference the enemy uh a couple of times uh, it was common knowledge, Philip. I mean, obviously, everyone knew about the enemy. <laughs> Seems like a pretty high-level clerk for you to know about the enemy. <laughs> um, but, no, but again, and you could also see Deep Space Nine kind of taking roots from this in uh, in one of their episodes where uh, I think it was Anabrantain oh. uh, shows up, you know, the... the you know, he pretends to be a file clerk, and then he, you know, ends up being like the butcher of. Oh no, that was Maritza from from Maritza. That's from right. Duet. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, but no, but a great episode, and yeah, I mean, it really, it's a uh, the Romulans have come a long way already from we're back at the end of season one. Zone. And you know, the defector is, I think, an uh, overall an amazing episode. But it has one of the best kick-ass moments uh, of of TNG. I love at the end when he Tomalak thinks he has uh, uh, the upper hand, the upper hand, and, and then the Picard quotes Shakespeare. Yeah, exactly. You know things are starting to start going down when Picard's quoting Shakespeare. <laughs> and then we have the 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 Klingon bird of praise as backup for the Enterprise against the Romulans. Oh my! I love that scene. I think it's so awesome. I could watch it all day long. Yeah, and in rewatching it, I I caught where he says, "Oh, Worf, you know the Klingons are on Channel Seven. <laughs> Go talk to them on Deck Nine. I mean, like it's... before, I'm like, okay, <laughs> that that's a random moment in time. But no, Picard's got his ace in the hole. And, it's very slow, and you feel bad for the Romulan guy because, like, yeah, he did kind of give up everything for nothing. But at the very end, the last lines that Picard gives, where he's like, "If they're more, you know, Data's like, well, he." You know, he left a letter for his wife and kids. Like we obviously couldn't deliver it, and he's like, "But if there's more people like this, you know, maybe one day." And it's like, "Oh." And this wouldn't be the last <laughs> episode of Star Trek to feature a Romulan not getting a letter delivered. So, um... I have the needle. <laughs> <laughs> to the yeah, journey. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, because they have such a stringent letter, you know, clarification process. Because there's all those <laughs> <laughs> so many fake letters. No. <laughs> so many fans. Yeah, no, this, this is a very powerful right. episode. Um, another great guest actor who this actor's been in a million things in TV in the decades of TV, also. Yeah. And so, but yeah, yeah, just great work. All right. So, next we have The Hunted. They, okay. They liked the word the in season three because we got in a row the enemy, the price, the vengeance factor, the defector, and the hunted. So, uh, this was. Um, this was yeah. all right, but is that is that Zephyrin Cochran <laughs> at that colony? <laughs> well, he wasn't drinking, but yeah, I, I, I this 
doing my rewatch, I mean, this is this is one of those, I don't know, when you can tell the metaphor is too obvious, you're kind of like, ah, bro, 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 Yeah, this is sort of the, because um, wait, hold on, i got to do the years in my head, 87, 88, 89. So this is 89, uh, 1989. This is basically a Vietnam vet episode. Um, you know, PTSD. Yeah, yeah. it really and is. so... I mean, it's a little heavy. I mean, it's good, but it's a little heavy-handed. I mean, if you recognize that for what it is. I mean, you can try to say, like, oh, well, 21st century PTSD, but it's like, eh, you know, it doesn't really work, I think, as well now with our veterans. But anyway, um, I will say, do you guys find it a little disturbing how one man that's not Data can beat the Enterprise security team? Not not only beat the Enterprise security team, but beat the Enterprise Enterprise security team, including Dave. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is a little ridiculous. You know. Yeah, he had some pretty good tactics, like the whole drift behind the, you know, the asteroid. And although no, it, he, he's kind of like, kind of, we're kind of led to believe he's con, like, essentially, sure. like he's, you know what I mean? He's engineered. been engineered and trained and all yeah. that stuff. So. Yeah, and and I I think you know they try to be cute sometimes, and it backfires because I think as this episode they're like, oh yeah, you can only activate your own com badge. I'm like, we have never followed that rule, and we have never followed that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the only thing that is consistent with com badge is that everyone leaves them in the turbo lift to make you think that they're showing <laughs> up on that. Like the sh- on that security jet. net, uh, he's taking a he's nap just in turbo lift five. <laughs> yeah. Again, he, again, he's been there for five hours. It's totally logical that he's actually there. Like the ship's not smart. You can't enough. lay down in those. Uh, uh, next, we have uh, the Which high is really ground. the low ground. Yeah, eh. it's. Uh, I keep thinking of that episode three. It's like, no, Picard, I have the high ground. Don't try it. <laughs> but and that's how Picard loses his arms and legs. Wait, no, no, something, something's mixed up here. Yeah. What did you guys think of this? Speaking episode? of poor metaphors, um, so the Irish, um, the IRA apparently has a planet. Um, again, this is very dated '80s stuff. And also, this has the weirdest line to me, and this may be just me to me, where it's like Data's like, um, you know, something about like, you know, t- you know, terrorism. Why, why do people keep doing it? Because apparently, it's effective. I'm like. Usually the argument is that terrorism is not effective, but Data's here like, yep, terrorism <laughs> sure works. Don't why people? Why don't more people do it? I'm like I, <laughs> hooked on terrorism yeah. for me. Because <laughs> um, I, I think literally that line was edited out in uh, Great Britain uh, where where this aired um, because this was so mm, like I because I, I I I'm blanking on the guy's name, but like the bad guy actually has an Irish name. I mean, like it's you know, and then Beverly's kind of like. You know, has um, oh, what's it called? Uh, whatever syndrome. Uh, uh Stockholm. Taking, yeah, Stockholm syndrome. Ben. Where where she's like, she really has that bad. He just yeah. wants to kill a few people. Why don't we help him? I'm like, what? <laughs> he just tried to blow up the Enterprise with your son, and uh, you know, I don't. There's a reason she got kicked out of Starfleet Medical and sent back to the Enterprise. <laughs> Philip, her her judgment has been called into question many a time. <laughs> All right. Well, so I, I made sure I made a note for this next one, so Daniel knew which one we were talking about. Uh, Deja Q <laughs> is the one where Q loses his powers. <laughs> hey, I have a hard time too. I mean, they all kind of blur together with the Q names. Uh, but yes, yeah, the one where he shows up naked on the bridge, and John Delancey did show up naked on the bridge because there was no way to shoot it. 
so he just said, F it. And uh, if you want to be here, here we go. And uh, Here's yeah. my lowercase q. Oh, gosh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but... Uh... It's a good episode. It is though. a good episode. Well, this is the first. I mean, I don't. I'm trying to look at the rest of the list. No, it's not. I was gonna say the only. That's not true. But this is the first comedic episode. And we're almost like three fourths of the way through the season. And of course, we get the lovely, as silly as it is, the the very touching scene at the end. Where oh yeah, the belly Q laugh. Hugh grants a laughter to 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 Data <laughs> and performed <laughs> brilliantly by Brent Spiner, of course, and uh, where we get to see him, you know. You know, be a, be a bit more human, and and it's worth it. The whole episode is worth it for just for that, but it's also worth it for all of the other things that happen. Mariachi band. Learn a lot about the cues, and uh, you know, in the mariachi band, yeah. But, uh, yes, <laughs> Q essentially sacrifices himself, and you know, then we get to see why there's a real bond between. I, I think tapestry is a direct result of these kind of mm. uh, circumstances. This is where you know. Well, it's okay. Not to draw too many a retcon parallel, but I've been watching a lot of My Little Pony lately, and uh, John Delancey <laughs> plays Discord beautifully in the in that show. But there's actually a lot of parallels to this, actually, because there's an episode where he loses his powers, and of course, who does he turn to? But his ever faithful pony friends. Anyway, John Luke, uh, pony card. John Delancey's pretty much great in anything. Doesn't doesn't matter what it is. But, yeah, but I mean this is this has all the one-liners like, oh, yeah. you know, what must I do to prove it to you people? Die. Die. <laughs> Klingon. Or, I should have said Klingon. This is and the guy that stabs the him with the says, fork. <laughs> yeah. The fork. The fork. Is this the episode where he says, uh, you know, hey, do, do you eat any good books lately? Is that this episode? I don't know. He's got so many great, Very, you know, yeah, one-liners you did, yeah. to, to Worf in so many times it's hard to tell. Well, and I love also at the end where, you know, the other Q's there. And you get just the ridiculous conversation where it's like, Q, you old son of a gun. Oh, <laughs> These yes, are Q, not I, my colors. Uh, it's just... You know, it must be very confusing. They need a lot of name tags. And talk about aliens, the Calamarain. How about those for aliens? Count to four. If you (laughs) count to four and then three more, because you will see Calamarain, you'll come with me. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I know they're they're kind of like wannabe crystalline entities basically is what, <laughs> is what i picked up but no great q episode you get cigar and captain picard uh Picard's, and, Riker's all like i don't need your fantasy women and he gives them to warf <laughs> he gives them to warf, <laughs> warf is like okay i'll take but it but it's a good data episode too because i mean yeah in the, in the defector is. data is you know helps that guy out with the holodeck and then in this episode data is helping q out his uh his professors in the humanities. That's right. I, yeah, along the theme of what I was saying is season three is great about using the holodeck for, for different uh, different reasons <laughs> and actually using it instead of just like, let's set up Fairhaven. You know, no offense to the journey. Wow. Wow. To the journey again. <laughs> no, no. I mean, nothing against Fairhaven, but just, you know, it, that's like, it, it's, a, it's a vacation, whereas yeah. this is using it like a tool. Um, you're a tool there. I said it. I said it for you, Shar and Tristan. <laughs> well, but speaking of using the holodeck as a tool, that leads us into our next episode, which was my choice for the seven seven 
uh, matter of perspective, where basically we're not quite sure what Riker did over there, but we're pretty sure, <laughs> oh, we're pretty sure. it wasn't. We're pretty sure it wasn't aboard. I mean, Diana's not really bailing him out from that one. <laughs> he brought something uh, special back from the. Uh, never mind. Oh, I'm just gonna say this is the episode famous for the double face palm for a reason. Something went on over there. We don't know what it was. But no. But again, I love this one for how it uses the holodeck. You know, for the Krieger waves, and you know, again, I mean, not since um, uh, what was it matter of timescape? Gotcha. The one where they <laughs> keep repeating. I know it happens so many cause times. and effect. Cause and effect. That's it. So again, you know, you're seeing the same thing multiple times, slightly different variations. So it's a shooting challenge in that regard, but. Uh, and a lot of green screen, you know, blue screen shots for the holodeck effects. But, but you know, a, a solid uh, use of that technology. Maybe not the best story in the world, but uh, but I think it, it, I enjoy it. And not since Second Chances have we seen so many Rikers on screen so at the same time. So many Rikers. <laughs> I always feel bad for them, like, having to hold really still when the program's paused. I'd always, I'd always <laughs> fail at that. I would try, like, you know, like, how you hold your breath when someone's, like, swimming in a movie to see if you could actually do it. I would always try to hold still, <laughs> like, when the program was pa- – I could never do it. It was just so, too funny. I, having made fun of them, I do have to say Voyager did this episode better, which I forget the episode title. But it's basically when Tom gets imprisoned for doing the same thing, basically. <laughs> and the dog is the witness, you know. Um, so. Oh, you're – wait, you're uh, – I just watched that episode. Oh, my goodness. But, but I – yeah. You're, it'll, it'll come to you. Sure, the dog wasn't a mesomorphic uh, life form. <laughs> that seems to be all dogs are, are good for, it seems. All right. Well, next we get probably the crowning jewel of season three – yesterday's enterprise highest uh nielsen ratings of 11.9 this was daniel's choice in the 7-7 episode i i, I mean because none of us else wanted to just jump on it because it's the obvious choice for, <laughs> for season three but daniel take us into yesterday's enterprise well, all right what's not to love uh you know we get the the only glimpse i think in canon i mean i think it's probably glimpsed briefly in a few other episodes, but we get uh, this ambassador class ship. Mm-hmm. Amazing. We get the, the link between the original series and the next generation. We get a, a whole bunch of lore filled in because we decided that we wanted to jump ahead and it's a compelling story. And it even brings back a, a character. I can't remember the character's name. Wesley. A character <laughs> that people, Wesley. Yeah. Wesley. That's yeah. right. Yep. Wesley shows up in this episode and uh, you know, there's, it brings in a lot of elements that make Star Trek, and it's this alternate universe. It's the closest we get to a mirror universe. That's episode. way better than any mirror universe episode. I agree. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, and our listeners can and maybe listen into the future for that. But uh, I don't know what is not to love about this. This is an episode where they went a hundred percent in, and they gave it their all, and they really was. This was a meaningful, important episode, and. Uh, it's up there. It's in the top five, I think, of of episodes in TNG. Uh, probably top ten in Star Trek in general. I mean, let's make sure history doesn't forget yesterday's Enterprise. <laughs> well, and now that you're speaking about 
when the Enterprise C shows up in canon, it makes me want to look back and I, I don't remember exactly when they added the gold ships to the observation lounge, but if it was before or after this episode, because it was before, then we would have seen the cutout. But if it was, it was if I remember correctly, it was before, but they modified that design into the final design, which they put into the episode. So like the basically the I think the basic outline was kind of completed, but then they extracted from that. Got it. That make that makes uh, sense. But and Wesley in this is great. I mean, because we get like hardcore crew cut Wesley, who's you know at the tactical station in the awesome alternate Enterprise D, and what I mean, I think pretty much all they did was they did uplighting instead of downlighting. I mean, that's it. And just made it a little darker, but it was like the lighting was so dramatic in the time change. Uh, it was, it was a great effect. You to get, just really and they show. gave them belts. I would say fancy yeah. belts. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I know, but I mean, lighting wise, like, and you, you just had that change. Daniel, this episode of course is famous for introducing two words that have changed your life forever. Cetacean ops. That's right. That is exactly right. Yeah. Over the intercom. <laughs> And you know, I feel no, like exactly. this is like. I, I also, I also feel like you know, we get a lot of the things that are established in this episode. We revisit in parallels, and we revisit in all good things, like these kinds of alternate kinds of redemption and what they rede- <laughs> oh redemption. That's true. Oh, they the do other? reuse the bridge set pieces that that light behind Picard. And even generations, right? Like it's a busier bridge. There's more going on. There's stations and stuff. Like there's more going. So, oh my goodness. Which, I, I mean, as good as this episode things. is, you almost are like, okay, what's well, a one-off? There's no possible way you can possibly continue the story. If only, Philip. <laughs> if only well, they left you know, it alone. And the love story between you know Castile and Yar is still better than Twilight. Even that tiny, <laughs> Darren, that tiny story Darren, right there. You can call him Richard. You can call me. You can call me. <laughs> so, oh, right, now next we get the offspring, where we wow. get Lal. Another sad episode. Uh, yeah, another another sad one. And you know, again, it, some Star Trek's always good about what it doesn't show, and kind of by not showing like the end part where she's you know dying and Data's trying to save her, but just having that you know Admiral describe it, it was I think way more powerful. Now, I don't know if this is, was his first one, but this was Jonathan Frakes directed. Um, oh, okay, he he had completed the uh, the director boot camp. Yes, because you're, you know the, I mean, he's only in it to get make you know makes out with someone. That's of course you know typical. <laughs> he's like, if I'm in it, I better be making out with someone. Um, Commander Riker, what are your intentions towards my daughter? Um, but <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> don't mess with data he's gonna lock out the main computer on you father tells me you are very old you're hired <laughs> but yeah no a, a good a good episode not one i watch you know all the time but but still a really, <laughs> really darren one. being the father of a daughter you don't like watching an episode where the daughter dies that doesn't that doesn't <laughs> Queue up on your. I have no, I have no shame admitting that. Uh, possibly every time I watch this episode, I tear up a little bit. I uh, no, it's 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 another addition to the ever growing family of soon. But uh... which th- is is the last thing she says? I love you, father. Because it, I would just watched, um, you know, doing my finishing my rewatch of TNG and Descent Part Two. Lore's last words are, "I love you, brother." So it's like, is that how all soon androids uh... die with Data? 
Well, you know, at least he, she didn't, you know, Data didn't have to have the conversation with Lau. Like, okay, you got this crazy uncle. Like, <laughs> Everyone he, has a like, crazy uncle, Darren. No, no, no. But seriously, <laughs> like, he he's really. I mean, he's he's messing with the Borg. Like, you you have a you have a crazy uncle and a dismembered uncle, but we won't talk about them right now. Liam. Yeah, we don't want to talk about Uncle Fall Apart. We're not going to talk yeah. about your great grandfather. All right, so next we get Sins of the Father. I, I just watched this today. Uh, great, great episode. This is the one where Worf uh, accepts discommendation to save the Klingon High Council. And Picard is an awesome Chadich who totally takes down two Klingon warriors. And this, this, okay, this is the one where Darren put his foot in his mouth because I remember when we were talking way back, you know, about the officer exchange program and stuff. And I remember saying, boy, wouldn't it have been great if they had followed up on that and had like a Klingon. <laughs> yeah. And then this episode, I'm like, dang it. Yeah. That's exactly what they do. So Kern shows up <laughs> and the officer exchange program, like Riker did on, uh, on his ship and Kern's, you know, he's Mr. Four shift rotation. He kind of like, uh, <laughs> he, he pretty much, he, 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 uh, he's great in the crew the wrong way, but, uh, you could tell he had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, great. But, but yeah, so for that aspect of it to the, the extra history of the Klingons, we get to the new feud with the Duras family, which will continue on great, great episode. And I mean, I would say, I don't know if I can do the math here, so I won't, but half, Half of these episodes in, the, in season three are followed up on throughout the series. So this one creates the entire Klingon storyline, which we talked about last week. That's followed up throughout the entire series, but like um, into generations. Yeah, and then like even Deja yeah. Q sets up Cupid because Cupid Q comes back and is like, "Oh, I owe you a favor." And then um, you know, all there's a lot of seeds planted. Yeah, yeah yesterday's Enterprise, like we just said, did that, um, and the Romulans. <laughs> you know, that continues um, with Tomalock and. And it's all these things are just season three, season three, and it just keeps on going. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we talked about Klingons la- uh, last week, but not my favorite episodes ever. But this is a good one. This is an interesting one because this is really the ground level of everything that comes. I mean, it, it, you're right. It does. It establishes things that come after it in TNG, but it also establishes all Klingon lore in Star Trek in general, in, in DS9 and in Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's it's uh it's interesting. It's good stuff. Well and and yeah, like you were saying, Philip, so this is where Picard gets introdu- introduced to the High Council. And so obviously that's where later on when the uh the the Chancellor is dying. Oh, that's right. yeah. You know, he chooses Picard to to run it because he knows him. You know, he knows him yep. to be in and, the and fat Chancellor. <laughs> yeah, the fat Chancellor. The one before Galeron. But <laughs> but I like you know, and I like Peck. how they portray the Klingons because yeah, while they are, you know I feel like this is the first episode to really show Klingons as like actual level headed people. Like because you you're like a lot of times when you see Klingons, they're just so I got to shoot everything. Yeah. Yeah. And there, it's just like, how could you actually have a society where if you act like this all the time, like everything would just break down, but you know, they're clever. They're really smart. I mean, they have their ways, but they know what they're doing. I also think it's the first episode. I mean, we get it a little bit in the season one Klingon episode. Uh, a matter, it's a matter of honor. No, it's, um, um, Oh, I'm blanking. 
Oh no, it's not a matter of honor. The it's one uh, where the Klingons try to take over the Enterprise. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I, I think it's it's really the first episode, really, that Worf learns. Oh, hey, Klingons aren't exactly like what I thought they yeah, were. He like. hasn't really seen any other Klingons in a while. Like he's been yeah. off on his own, off the reservation, as it were. In my exactly, own. and he definitely learns that in this episode for sure. So then uh, we get a great Captain Picard episode with Allegiance. Really weird title for it doesn't really describe oh. in my mind this episode at all. But two Captain Picards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Picard gets kidnapped, and his um, his doppelganger gives us the greatest audio clips ever of Come this to, to the finest <laughs> crew in Starfleet. An ale for all my. It's like what. Ales for everyone. And we learned Riker's just got this look on his face. Orphan and LaForge cannot sing karaoke. You do not want to invite them out on Friday night. No. They're not good in a pinch. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. And, you know, so, but then you also get uh, Bolian with hair. Right. And, uh, you know. Nausicaan. He's not a No, he's not an Nausicaan. He's, um. Oh, that's right. But he's got the I same. He's got, like, he kind of looks like a Nausicaan. Something like that. Yeah. The anarchists, yeah, uh, but no, Chalnoth and Jalad. No, I mean, that's his race. I think Tanagra. his name's like Essek. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Um, oh, the Mizarians. The oh, there's a species. He, we never see him again, do we? Or well, or? I think I we think surrendered so. on having them in another story again. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, it's. A, I think that headpiece, like was used in a couple other aliens but maybe not specifically that species but well like but a good episode you know uh, there's two part the ending obviously but like there's I, mean, I can't say the word on the podcast but basically that doppelganger mind blanks crusher in this episode during that oh, day so and like, so bad when she just steps on the bridge at the end and like eyes him the real picard and he's like Wait what? <laughs> Wait, what? Did did other me get some? What is going on here? <laughs> He's like, I also do love about that episode that like they were all the senior officers were hanging out after Picard had sung his little ditty and forward. It's no Gilbert and, and Sullivan. They were like looking around and being like, "Are you talking about mutiny?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say War, mutiny. Nobody said say. mutiny. I put the phaser down. But, but perchance, if we had to take over the ship... I'm thinking like, of a uh, word. It begins with M. <laughs> but I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I like how Wesley <laughs> makes the better choice than a certain Ensign Riker did when he was an Ensign. But anyway. Oh. <laughs> Where he's like, do this. And he's just like, I F this. I'm just going to back away from my console. I'm not even going to make any sort of decision. Oh. But, <laughs> yeah. And I... At least Riker gets to think about his decision when he's on the NX. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh gosh! But again, this—I think that for those playing the season three drinking game, this is where Riker again gives his smile when he's like, uh, "Yes, yeah, sir." It's find it hard to believe you're that good of a singer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. He's like, "Oh, we got recorded." Like, oh, oh, yeah. You know that little tape you made me watch in the first time I met you? <laughs> Everything is recorded on this dang ship. Okay. Then, uh, so Picard was really stressed out by that whole incident <laughs> and felt really embarrassed. So he had to go on a holiday. So we get a uh, captain's holiday and, uh, we get, uh, Patrick Stewart in some interesting board <laughs> shorts. Uh, but we also get Vosh. This is the first time we see, M- uh, Vosh. Rom. Rom. And Rom. Rom. Well, 
<laughs> what would become Rom? I mean, Max. It's, yeah, it's the same actor, right? But different character. That's right. You can't uh, you can't be an alien in, in in Star Trek unless you've tried it out in another episode first. That's true. We also get Jamaharon <laughs> and the Horagon. So, which I, right. yeah, the whole yeah. Ryza planet comes from yeah, this. That's right. Doesn't it? That's yeah, right. It's the first time. Yeah. Which I I love. We talked about it before about the Riker Picard relationship. But I, but I love that whole like you know they get into the turbo lift and you know Riker starts and Picard's like you know I don't want to talk about this and Riker's like understood sir. So anyway, if you go over to the rest, <laughs> I know, and in his whole like, you know, I'm gonna give him this thing. He doesn't know what it does, and uh, have some fun, sir. And it's like, oh, Riker. It's like, but uh, but no, and you know, you get um, Picard finally uh, gets a you know cough cough. He gets some action. Yeah, maybe the first time in the three years. It is. I think it is the first time. Yeah, but. No, but a but a good episode. So then we round out to Tin Man. Um really interesting title yeah. for the space cocoon. Uh and um the sun, you get the, the Sunnydale s- uh principal uh shows up for those Buffy watchers. <laughs> um but no, the super empathic or the mayor can't turn Excuse it me. off uh you know Betazoid with his creepy all black eyes. Um and you know, yes, I guess you call it a Diane episode. I, I don't know, or a date episode. It's 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 really it's a beta sort episode. It's a trader. Um, uh, but you know, so this is a it's an interesting one. Um, I mean, definitely carried by the the guest star. Uh, but you, you mean the Tin Man or that or yeah, the guy? Well, no, the guy, <laughs> the guy. Yeah, yeah. Tin Man scenes were great. He acted the heck out of those, but. Though, yeah. is this is he like a cousin to the space jellyfish? Because the interiors look a little similar to me. Yeah, and and the whole like reverse melting shot of the chair coming up. I mean, come on, guys, we all know what you did to get that shot. I mean, you're not fooling anybody here. Not like it's uh, gonna be Battle but... of the Titans or something after that effect. Uh, now, what what do you think of this episode, Daniel? Any thoughts? I, I like it. I like uh, the the kind of race that the Romulans have with the, with well, the Federation and, and the, t- and, uh, and something that I di- that I normally don't think about. Like when I hear Tin Man, I think of Troy and this guy, but it's really more about this guy and, and, uh, data. It's, it's definitely, I think more of a compelling relationship, I think. Cause he's, he loves the silence. He loves the fact that he can't hear them. I don't know. There's uh, not my favorite yeah. episode of the season, but there's a lot of interesting th- aspects to it, and there's it, it's a it's a solid watch. It's a good it's a good thinking episode, I think for sure. I know when he like first jumps up, he's like, "What? What? Who are you? Like, do you have a soul?" <laughs> he's like, <laughs> "I mean, it's not what I am an android." He's <laughs> like, "Oh, so no soul? Okay." Which this is also, <laughs> uh, and you talked about this before, Daniel. This is reminiscent of Ensign Rowe, where Riker like hates this guy, and. And he's like, I know what you're thinking, and no, it wasn't my fault. Da, 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 da. And so uh, it reminded me of the Ensign Rowe. Oh, reaction. that's right, because he he had the uh, he was responsible for like deaths on that mission because he didn't he held back some information or something. That's right. All right, so next we get a great episode: oh. the introduction of Lieutenant Barkley, Hollow Pursuits. You mean broccoli? Yeah. I am the goddess of empathy. <laughs> and again, cast off your inhibition. Take your drink. And embrace another Riker smile. Yeah. Oh gosh! Compu- until until mini Riker <laughs> computer 
<laughs> oh man, you well, you are an imposing man. <laughs> Could be intimidating. But yeah, this is a great like introduced new character. Like you could definitely tell they were going to bring this guy back because you you can't just use this guy as a one-off. Like he's it's too much comedy gold. And, you know, this actor's really well known as well. So, uh yeah, and you know, I guess besides you could say it's a Jordy-ish episode cuz he's the one who has to That's true. deal with him. That. Uh as far as who from the main cast has the next billing uh, yeah, but, but a fun, Parkway. fun episode. Yeah. And like I said, using the holodex for more. No, actually, no. This one <laughs> no, 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 no. This is <laughs> not appropriate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is when we yeah. put in the privacy things because of this episode. Yeah, this is where he's like, can't we just have like a little hallway? <laughs> you know, yeah. We'll incorporate into the next starship design. Yeah. And then we get a great date episode, The Most Toys. Uh, otherwise known as the episode that made everyone understand who he was when he showed up in Warehouse 13. Because uh, it's literally the only... But um, wasn't this... He was actually the second choice. Because didn't the original choice, I think... Yes, die. He died he before died they died, shot yeah. this. Um, but I think he he's played it amazingly. Um, and uh, I just keep thinking of that guy with the ring, ear ring, or nose ring thing. But... Um, but yeah, but you got data and you get that gruesome, gruesome, uh, disintegration at the end and the, and, and data's whole, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I wasn't, I didn't kill anybody. Wink. The only thing I could think of, I mean, not the only thing, cause I think this is actually a fantastic episode, a really great episode, especially for data, but that ending sticks with you, man. Like it cha- to me, it fundamentally changes the character of data when he was like, he lies. Essentially, he lies at the end of that episode uh, to Riker, right? Riker's the one that yeah, meets him in right. the transporter room. And he's like, uh, I guess it was an accident. I don't know. Your sensors like, must <laughs> be malfunctioning. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, my. No, that's no way that they would. Like, your data, first of all. There's no way that would have been an accident. And uh, it really changes the character. I, I think that, like, more than any other single episode... I, I'm not going to say that, actually. That's a really big step. But very importantly, steps him in a, in a direction of, hey, this guy can make mistakes. This guy can can do things that maybe aren't right. He's bigger than just his programming. This is a seriously important episode. Well, and, I mean, and not to exaggerate, which I, I, I wish I could think of another word because this word is obviously too much. But this is basically Data's torture episode. I mean, it's not real torture, obviously, but... It's a form of abuse. He has to wear clothes. <laughs> he has to wear. Hey, if you well, want, to, well, it, he has no shame. Episode. Um, he has to make. Uh, he, has, he turns off his shame subroutine. Exactly. Uh, well, around yeah, he has to make care. choices. Yeah, but I mean, he's under duress, and you know, if he doesn't act, then people will get shot in the head, and you know, it's 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 you know, to me, we, when we did our forgettable episode, because I, I don't forget this episode, but I think I just like set it aside. And then, like, when it shows up in season... Like, if you had asked me, I would have thought this was, like, a season five episode or six. Yeah, it feels like a five. Yeah, but it's like, a oh, season three? Okay. All right. Now, next we move to the uh, amazing Mark Leonard, Sarek. Oh. Uh, Talk about guest stars. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like... It's like, how could you top that? So... 
uh, Ambassador Sarek for one last for one last mission before he retires. <laughs> I'm getting too uh, old. I'm getting too old. For <laughs> you know, uh, you know that's when it's gonna go wrong. You know, I was one day away from retirement, <laughs> putting out his Vulcan cigarette. Uh, but no, so he's losing his Vulcan mind, and uh, Picard has to mind meld with him and take on. Uh, all of those emotions and just a great episode. You get data playing his violin, Vulcans sure. crying, all sorts of crazy stuff. Darren, uh, I recall only one tear. Okay. Yes. No. <laughs> uh, I think we've made that joke. About three times. <laughs> but, uh, and we get the great, you know, it's almost a side thing, but now that I think about it, how fun would it have been for the original cast in those anger scenes where you get Riker gets to yell at Picard, you know, Jordy and Wesley get to go at it, you know. Guyan gets to fire uh, her gun. No, she she doesn't. This isn't that oh, one. It's not? I thought it was. Oh, it's another one. But it's actually it's another one um where they're all going crazy. I was expecting that to happen and I was surprised when it didn't. She's not in this episode. Oh, okay. Um but uh yeah, but it's uh, O'Brien and uh a season 2 blue shirt with the stripe are going starting uh, starting the brawl uh but yeah you get that uh great scene you know between wesley and Jordy, where i think it was very well written for lavar burton because <laughs> they're talking about love lives and uh wesley's like uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have fun you know it's, it's gonna work out and Jordy's like no you're gonna guarantee you have more fun with a good book than what you're gonna get and and i'm like well reading rainbow much there uh, lavar burton i don't know but um but what do you guys think of this this episode? It's 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 one of the best of the season by far. Sarek is so good. I love this episode so much. I think you know, you know Mark Leonard is he's actually I love the character of Sarek even from you know from the original series until the JJ universe. I love that character. I think he's fascinating Shoot. and interesting. But the fact that like we get this Picard mind meld like blows my mind. I feel like Picard is the only character that I can think of that can handle that kind of thing. Like he's secluded enough and controlled enough and established enough that he's like, I mean, it breaks him apart, tears him down, but, but he can do it. He does it. And we get really important things. Of course, we already talked about how season three establishes a lot and we revisit a lot of this episode in unification. So, uh, such a good episode, and uh, I can't say I can't say enough good about it. Well, and you know, it just that just reminded me. I mean, so yeah, you have Picard kind of breaking down, and it would only be five episodes later in Family where he has the same kind of breaking down emotional scene with his brother, where his you know his whole I'm not strong enough, I wasn't good enough. Uh, but yeah, Picard does great in the mind meld and. I love how they, like Philip said, followed up on that in Unification, where, you know... I said that, but... That's oh, sorry. And I like that, uh, you know, where you said, you know, that thread was picked up again in Unification, because, you know, that's where you see Spock, and, you know, he probably hadn't seen his father in a while, uh, and you get that, that connection. Uh, I, and, you know, I just, I mean, I, I, I don't want to push on this too much, but... A lot of people, when you are when you are kind of praising Patrick Stewart's performance on TNG, you know you're going to do you're going to do the Inner Light, you're going to do Darmok, 
Maybe you'll Drumhead, do family. Chain of Command. Family. Drumhead, Chain of Command, Best of Both Worlds. But I actually think one of his strongest performances, top three at least, is in Sarak when he does the mind meld and breaks down. Like, it's so powerful. Like, I get really emotional. And then, of course, we do get the, you know, whatever, quote unquote, the, the money shot reference of Spock. But, like, it's it means so much. It's so important. And it's like, you really feel like it carries the legacy of 2S into the next generation. And you really, oh my goodness, you, you, you learn something about Sarek as a character that you never knew in TOS. And you learn something about Spock that Spock never knew in TOS. So it's really, really interesting. And can't, I can't say enough about it. Yeah, not since McCoy carried Spock's, you know, Katra have we seen inside the uh, the mind of a of a Vulcan, and that was just Spock. I mean, Sarek's two hundred and two. I mean, he's. I mean, they they amp him up. They're like he shaped Federation history. Um, any, any thoughts on Sarek, Philip? Yeah, I mean, most of what y'all said, other than you know. Man, does he have that collection of human wives? Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, and they all do look alike a little bit. I'm not gonna say, you know, I'm gonna say that they, they, Amanda, it's and, they all and have Karen. the same clothes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> That's because you're so. racist, Philip. All humans look alike to you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, pretty much. I'm not gonna lie. Um, uh, especially white women. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, I, I think. It's one of those things where I think on purpose the writers are like, well, we can't say that much about Spock because we don't know what we're going to do. We don't know what we want to say, blah, blah, blah. But that's just where less is more. Just saying that one word is all that needs to be said. And like every Star Trek fan just like jumps out of their seat and that's all you need to say. (laughs) And that's it. Yeah. That he still thinks of his son. I mean, even that great moment we had in the movies where, you know, you realize they hadn't talked in a long time and he and he says like, you're my decision about you joining Starfleet being an error, you know, I might have, you know, I, I want to reconsider it, you know. Well, that was Star Trek Six, which may or may not have come out at this point. That's true. It had not, I don't uh. believe, in fact. I think so, Sark... he, so he does this episode and then he goes back no. into uh, in, past Sarek. Yes. In fact, cause, cause, um, uh, because I believe... Uh, that uh, unification was kind of a cross promotion. Right. It was because Paramount, yeah, with Star Trek Six, and so Sarek was definitely before that. Yeah. Awesome. So now we kick it into those funny Ferengi, uh, Menage Troy. Not quite as uh, useful of a episode title as the Q ones, but it it gets there. Um, so this is one where. Uh, Ferengi Damon falls in love with Loxana and kidnaps her and Riker and Troy and it's nudity. I don't know it's yeah it's implied nudity and uh, <laughs> I don't know it's 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 an episode it's uh no, it's, it's, it's I, I like it I mean again it's not bad for the Riker just... drinking game when Picard <laughs> is declaring his love for Loxana oh man. <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna give it two thirds and possibly all of the thirds uh, of the best of the best. So I'm gonna say it is the best Ferengi episode in TNG. Okay. Unless you Rascals. consider Rascals yeah. a, a T- unless you consider Rascals a Ferengi episode, which I kind of I kind of don't because it's it could have really been anybody, but it might as well yeah. have been the Ferengi. But I mean, okay, okay. So uh, under those conditions, best Ferengi episode in TNG, 
It's the best Troy episode in TNG. Ex okay. So maybe all of these are are, are, are under qualifications. Because I guess I would maybe think that... Um... All right, you know what? I'm going to take that back. Uh-oh. Earl Grey, where we commit our opinions except under extreme <laughs> duress and with. All right, let me with, rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Subsection Poss 5 <laughs> states. What are we, the Shelliac over here? <laughs> Probably the best uh, Ferengi episode. Um, definitely one of the best Troy episodes, and also definitely one of the best um, Luaxan episodes. I know when you said Troy, I didn't I know which one you meant. Episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I Troy. Uh, you could have possibly meant Riker think, for all I know. It's true, Mrs. 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 <laughs> Troy. Yeah. Um, Mr. Troy, I guess you call. Him. Uh, I, I you love think that Loxana so probably so told this story at their wedding because you know, like the mic always gets passed to the in-law, and they got that f embarrassing story to tell. You know, well, it was it was during the Beta Z ceremony, which we never saw when they were all naked. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Big strapping man like yourself, you'll be fine. And I believe this is the episode that introduces us to the very, very creepy phenomenon. Umox, of yes. <laughs> I like how she like stumbles into uh, that without knowing what she's doing. <laughs> I know she's like, oh, oh she knew what she was doing. <laughs> oh, she <knew> Great. <laughs> All right. So next we get transfigurations, yeah. aka the guy ends up in a morph suit, um, <laughs> and Jordy's got game. I think is the yeah. other subtitle for this because. Jordy becomes the ladies' man with a little dose <laughs> yeah. of courage, but it was inside him all along. No, oh, man. I just see Jordy like, mm, yeah, we're going to go on this date over here in the holodeck. Yeah, I'm going to have some of my cognac with me from the tin forward. Like, she's like, uh, are you going to go to the, are we just going to go to the Arboretum? He's like, would you like some company? He's like, oh, I didn't think you, uh, you wanted to, you know, to do that. And she's like, there's a lot about me you don't know. Like, Whoa there, Jordy. And the dwarf's all like, I've been teaching him. <laughs> Taking all the credit. Yeah, this uh, is one of my forgettable episodes. Not that it's bad. No, it's not bad. It's not bad. But it's just, I don't know. You know, it's, eh, meh. It is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's you know, the guy's evolving into some new yes, life form. Wesley. and something whatever we call them yeah <laughs> pretty much it's like a traveler's descent cousin um <laughs> but uh yeah it's really nice that whenever energy beings turn into pure energy on the bridge they just apparently go through that viewport without destroying it that's really handy not <laughs> sucking the bridge out into space each time but uh anyway maybe he's gonna join up with the emergent intelligence that later forms in the enterprise and shoots out the side or the child a, which uh, also or the child out the side. or the child Gosh, she could make a list of all the uh, <laughs> wait no i'm not doing any more this <laughs> next week is light beings on tng <laughs> light beings that exit through the hole <laughs> uh Okay. A anyway, other points on transfigurations? Come on, no. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next okay. one. Let's go to the next one. Episode 26, <laughs> The <laughs> Best <laughs> of Both <laughs> Worlds, Part 1. Oh, my gosh. Changed television. I mean, I, I, I don't want to go on record saying it changed television, but in the caveat of next generation and changing television, it changed television. <laughs> uh, oh, no, great, yeah. great episode. Um I mean, ruined everyone's summer. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, it's interesting. 
looking back at the season, I mean, you get Leia Brahms introduced, and you get uh, Barkley introduced, and you get Shelby introduced, and I mean, not, definitely she wasn't as strong as the other characters, and you know, obviously didn't didn't return. But it's definitely a a, a season for really strong guests uh, overall. I mean. We we just were gushing over Mark Leonard for you know five minutes, but don't, for, uh, don't forget. But best of all, likes the ladies Hanson. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, so oh, only an old man's so fantasies. <laughs> like oh no! So creepy! <laughs> oh my god! We don't need to know that. Yeah, I I just like like I we, we're all aware <laughs> that Livingston being in the red <laughs> no, room was a he has heard so much. There was a problem for Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart was like, why would anybody in this century have a fish for a pet? I can't imagine how he would feel about this old man, like, talking creepily about this young woman as she left the room. It's just an old man's fantasy, well, John. But he's contributing, too, because he calls him, like, JP, like we're in the, you oh. know, the head of the Macy's board of directors in 19... Picard you know, calls every admiral by their first name. He's, he's he's you know, Captain Awesome. You seem quite taken with her, JP. <laughs> As he's, like, got his big cigar, you know. <laughs> we're going to throw a ticker tape parade where the Enterprise comes in to dry dock. What is this, Mad Men? Does he, like, smack her... Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much. Oh, you know that much. old guy definitely would have. Yeah. But uh, but besides that low point in the episode, great episode. <laughs> uh, you know, you get the Borg, and again, er- every Borg episode in TNG is great because they just reveal a little bit more. Um, Most of them, yeah. Uh, you get the um, and the music. You know, the music's really good in this episode, and the ending, or half ending. Yeah, I don't know, like. Maybe we as as TNG super fans have this all mixed up and confused, but in my mind, and please please tell us if if I'm wrong or if we're wrong, but best of both worlds changed everything. It essentially it didn't create this idea of of, uh, uh, of a cliffhanger, yeah. but it definitely solidified it on television. It made it a thing. It made it a recurring theme. Like every show that's come after TNG, any show you watch this season will have a cliffhanger if it's going to be renewed for the next season. I feel like that's just a thing that happens now. And it happened because of the best of both worlds. Like we're going to talk about this at length ad nauseum a thousand times on this podcast, but you cannot say enough about this episode. I don't think. So guys, season three, any, any final thoughts? I think we've, pretty much covered every every point of this but uh really good season by far this one was a lot of fun to go through well i have to say when i first started um buying trek so that's a the, the spectrum of my tng fandom so this one actually had money and was buying put DVDs. your money where your mouth exactly <laughs> i was wondering where to start um and I was like, well, let's see. It didn't get real good until after the Borg, right? So let me start with season four. And and so I, I think like maybe I ended up, or I, mean, I know, I ended up buying all of them in, in various forms. And so like I was like, I started watching four. I'm like, well, let me go back one and three. I, you know, I don't remember it being that. And like, oh, it's every single good episode. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, because, I mean, you put it in season four, and it's like, and now the conclusion. You're like, wait, wait, oh, man, now I need to go back to three, because we just started in the middle of a great story. What about you, Daniel? Uh, final thoughts on season three, next gen? 
Uh, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into too much detail. Like I've, I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times on here. Season three is my favorite episode. I'm sorry, my favorite season of Star Trek, uh, without, a, without a doubt. And um, I just think it's so solid all the way through. Even the bad episodes are, are good, and the great episodes are amazing and classic and incredible. And it was. We get a, we get a lot of amazing TNG after this, a lot of really good stuff. But this is TNG to me. Season three TNG is what I think of when I think of of the next generation. Yeah, because I I think I heard someone once say that like oh TNG took a couple of years. Yeah, two because season three. I mean like and we've said it. I mean that is TNG. Like you just said, Daniel. I mean that's any stereotype you have, good or bad, I suppose. Um, this is it. This is when you will see characters. They are, you know, the collars, the ranks, the positions. The they've shuffled off uh, Pulaski and uh, Yar. They they didn't make it into the mix. Well, even Yar shows up. So you know that's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, and it's the last. It's the last full season of, of Wesley Crusher that's too. True. And and yeah. he's often considered a, an iconic character of good or bad, like Philip said of TNG. So. We get everything. We get everything TNG related in this season. No, it it is the epitome of of next gen at that point. No, uh, well, it's been a lot of fun covering season three today. But it's just one of the Trek topics that we've been talking about here on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek FM, Standard Orbit. We're on the same page. Yes. High five. This is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> We actually did it we too. Actually tried you guys to do a high it. five through the camera, so that was <laughs> embarrassing. But whatever. Continuing mission. I feel like this, <laughs> like that's a really great idea for a stoner movie. So maybe for the next project, I don't know. And the name of the film will be Giant Green Lazy Susan. There you go. Earl Grey. VHS Star Trek interactive oh, board game. So glad you the brought humans have up. taken over the Enterprise. You now have 30 minutes to stop me. <laughs> the Ready Room. He says, I think your compassion for this species is overriding your judgment. And Archer says, my compassion guides my judgment. Mm-hmm. And I really like that line because I felt like that really just kind of sums everything up. The Orb. So imagine we didn't have Opaka. Imagine we had Kai Wen from the very beginning. How do you think the setup of the series would have been? Axanar, the official podcast. So is the full-length Axanar going to be in the same style, the same documentary style as Prelude to Axanar? And the answer is no. No, absolutely not. Axanar itself will be a full-length movie, a feature movie, just like you would, you know, any other Star Trek movie or other movie. To the journey! Cable is definitely more suited toward a niche show like Star Trek is. Compared to broadcast, yes, I think it's... Yeah, absolutely. It's much more probable that we would see it on, say, uh, AMC than we would on NBC. Commentary, Trek Stars. When Star Trek 2009 came out, I made a joke to somebody at some point that J.J. Abrams got all of his lens flares from Close Encounters Surplus. Yeah. But they just didn't use them all, and he just bought them at some sort of, maybe a garage sale or something. Warp 5. You know pretty well which way the insectoids and the reptilians are yeah. are going to come down on any issue. It's it's left up to the indecisive one. Instead of the, the 12 angry men, it's the 6 angry Zindi. Melodic Treks. 
Now, as I mentioned, he wrote and conducted the scores for two episodes of Star Trek Enterprise in the second season. They are Kanamar and Regeneration. And Regeneration is one of the best episodes of Star Trek Enterprise ever, in my humble opinion. Literary Treks. We're trying to keep it light. We're trying to keep it personable. We're trying to keep it fun. If Vanguard, you know, was all about being the Battlestar Galactica reboot of, of Star Trek, this is more about trying to be the Eureka or the Warehouse 13. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from our website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for the podcast directory to get all the links. Well, we have some great iTunes feedback from our listeners. I'm going to jump through some. I think we have like four. So starting off with an ode to Spot by Feminist Trekkie. Uh, she really enjoys uh, our episodes. She came across the episode just pretty late in the game, and she's catching up. So we'll see when she eventually catches up to this episode to hear this <laughs> this comment, as is often the problem. But she she felt that we were entertaining hosts, and she liked that when we were discussing uh, Captain Picard's love interest, which wasn't that uh, your episode, Philip? Uh, she really liked how we said we're not going to rate the female characters based on their looks or hotness scale. And she said that really, she really liked that. She said we basically were, you know, in the enlightened spirit of the Federation and Star Trek. Uh, but she did point out that, you know, are we going to cover <laughs> Troy and Crusher in character profiles? I'm like, that's true. We will. We're just taking our time, right. you know, getting through the main cast. Uh, but, we did Pulaski already, trekking. so you know. We're, we're, well, I, yeah, <laughs> we probably picked the the least requested Guinan female character. That's true, and we did done do Guinan. Guinan. Yeah, we're working around it. Okay, <laughs> you know those are those are uh, those are special. We talked about Roa uh, quite a bit. Right. Yeah, which I, I, I will we'll admit, Femmes Trekkie Daniel may veer off and row into some areas, but it's fine. We're, we're well we're well rounded. Love everything about Roa. Uh, we also got a great review from uh, uh, A91R8H8. Is he a Borg? Uh, that's his Borg designation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he says he can't live without his Trek FM. He's been listening to the podcast since early last year. He listens to him on his drive to uh, to and from school, and he's engrossed in the conversation. He wishes he was there. Uh, and he really likes how we're actual real Trekkers, Trekkies, we make the conversation all the more interesting with our extensive knowledge. Well, we we try. I mean, I, I have looked up things once or twice, and one of these days we will get Daniel to, to tell all the Q episodes apart. <laughs> but uh, but besides that, w- thank you. We we do try to, to have a good amount of knowledge about what we're talking about. We also have a great review from Tarheel Trek. Tarheels. Uh, ah, memories. So he discovered the Trek fm podcast about six months ago and have been listening religiously ever since uh, the various shows have quickly become his drive time entertainment of choice he remembers videotaping encounter at farpoint the night it premiered and watching it repeatedly over the following weeks bring uh, so 
on Earl Grey, we get to bring back memories of the episodes he hasn't watched since their original run. And that's what's also great about nowadays is, you know, with Netflix and the Blu-rays and the DVDs, like, it's actually really easy. I mean, it's even Star StarTrek.com. You can watch just about everything there. So it's a great time to just jump into Trek. TNG. Especially for a show that's been off the air for 20-some-odd years. TNG. It's everywhere. And finally, we have a great comment from weather servo nine and you people you're all astronauts on some kind of star trek uh so i'm going to read this full one because he did an amazing if, bit of writing here star trek the next generation was the show tos was the gen was the genesis but tng was the rightful heir it made star trek mainstream turning to a rabid culture a rabid cult frame of mind into a pop culture power play. This podcast is a collaboration of that achievement. And what a joy it is to revel in 30 year old TV that stands toe to toe with both TV shows and movies being made today. I enjoy the symbiosis of the three Earl Grey hosts. The rotating discussion leader format is really the best of both worlds, giving Philip, Daniel and Darren each a chance at the high ground. If there's any justice in this world, you will assimilate this podcast uh, into your own tapestry of Hollow Pursuits today. Uh, wow, Weather Servo 9. Uh, Philip caught that uh, early on when he was reading this, but uh, you basically integrated all these next gen titles into your review. Bravo, sir. Bravo. <laughs> I sip my tea at you, sir. Yes. Or, or ma'am, I guess Weather Servo 9 is kind of an ambiguous. Uh, oh, that's true. Uh, yeah. But but to that to that fan that that's very clever uh, bonus points, it, but this is like whose line is anyway? So the points really don't matter. <laughs> but bonus points to you. Much like our podcast Definitely. episode titles, and the conversations always going on with our podcast crew and listeners on our forums over at trek.fm/forums, and finally in social media you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/trekfm, and on Twitter under username trekfm. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone, but not Ship of the Line. Maybe one day. Maybe we can get uh, uh, Frasier to, to read it. That would be uh, the Kelsey Grammer. That'd be, that'd be great. I know he has a name, Philip. I see you looking at me. <laughs> As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can help us directly with keeping Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that's by adopting some alien badges. These illustrations you can find at trek.fm slash donate. You'll find 18 original illustrations by Tobu Ushi, who does most of the artwork you'll see on our website. 
They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels that you can choose from. Just let us know which you'd like and in what format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm donate. And your support helps us pay for the costs of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring you this show each and every week. So guys, uh, if someone wanted to talk to you even more about Season 3, I think we've covered it pretty well, but... You know, there's always great things to say about these 26 episodes. Daniel, where would they find you? They can find me uh, on Twitter, and my username is OneUpDan, and that is the number one, not the word. And Philip, where could people find you to talk about all of these great choices? Well, we've already done a couple of commentaries from the season, but people can ask for some more. Um, They can find me on Twitter, handle at NCPublicServant. And uh, they can also find us in another spot on the Trek.fm website, and that's in the new original Earl Grey miniseries uh, fiction that has been uh, released uh, this week. Um, So the first part is Counterpoints Part 1, and it's a new miniseries that we are collaborating and writing together um, based on some things we do when we're not recording this podcast. And so we hope people take a glance at our fictional original new characters on the Enterprise D set during Season 4, actually. Yes, that's been a really fun story to, to put together. And if someone is wants to drop me a line and let me know which female lead cast member we should actually start talking about in an episode, you can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. Well, guys, after this uh, season three, just rewatch and, and dive, I, I need to go back and watch yesterday's Enterprise again because it's just it's just that good of an episode. So but when I slip into that, you know, mini wormhole thing you won't actually remember me so uh for now i'm just gonna uh say live long and prosper engage make it so fire 